This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to Goodfellas Minute 108. I know I'd go from rags to riches if you would only say you can. Hello, welcome to Goodfellas Minute, the only podcast that analyzes the Martin Scorsese picture. Goodfellas, one sacred number of Vishnu minute at a time. I hope that's not <laughs> offensive. Uh, I'm Josh Flanagan. I'm here with Ron Richards. <laughs> Hello. Who is offensive. And Connor Kilpatrick. Do you just walk around all day saying, I hope it's not offensive or thinking it? 
Yeah, that's kind of my that's kind of my liberal thing. Uh, okay. Can I read from the Bahavagita, whatever that is, though? See, you did it. <laughs> <laughs> you made up a word or butchered an existing one. I butchered an existing the Bahavagita, whatever it is. Yeah. The, All right. Yeah, so. So we are here for Goodfellas Minute 108, as I said. Um, sacred numbers. Uh, this starts with uh, Jimmy driving away from the diner like a madman, and it ends uh, with what can only be described as a rough day on the sanitation route. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when they drive out, I mean, there's a lot of tire squealing. Yeah, that's it's, all Jimmy. He's trying to lose them. He's trying to lose them. They both do it. Yeah. Well, he's got to catch them. do it. Well, Jimmy, Jimmy think, takes off to fuck with the feds, and the feds have to keep keep up with him. So there's. I feel like all cars in the seventies, either in things that were shot in the seventies or things that took place in the seventies, all squealed their tires all the time. And I think it was just because the suspension was uh, lackluster. Well, yeah, because I was gonna say when you're in a parked, you're in a parked spot in a parking lot with, and he only pulls back maybe three feet at best. Uh huh. It's hard to get your tires to squeal like that without any sort of uh, any well, left, any any moisture or anything like that. You know, yeah, it's, it's, he's, yeah. he's he's probably on on shitty stolen tires. Yeah, that car has a V eight in it. Yep, <laughs> you know, there's no body in the trunk weighing it down. Ugh. Probably. Yeah. So you can squeal them pretty easy. Yep. You get and, that morning dew around. And meanwhile, the feds are in that like sad fed car. <laughs> That sedan, the black sedan, the Plymouth. I, it's a Plymouth. I just want again point out that just anybody who is in opposition to the criminals in this film, you mock. Well, there's just well, you're supposed to. You're designed to. <laughs> just look at it. It's just so pathetic. I like how Jimmy goes. He peels out, but not on the road. He stays on the diner property and goes around the phone booth. Uh, which, by the way, this is the first appearance of the phone booth, which we'll see uh, later on in the movie. Uh, but he, he spoilers. Sta- yeah, no spoilers. Um, <laughs> and then he goes off the curb. Like it's it's he stays in the parking lot. Basically, it's a very small parking lot. But he doesn't. Uh, his, his- what we didn't see is he's got to make a fourteen point turn to get around and out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> big cars. <laughs> Such big cars. If Carbone was there, he'd be like, "Yeah, I could, I could have done that." <laughs> and I like how Henry just watches it all happen. Like he's half in his car and half sticking out of the door. You know, like he, he wants to watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you think? Do you think he gives off just like a really heavy sigh after? Because this is life, the, his life and the night and everything. Yeah, probably. You think he has that kind of perspective yet? Yes. He's, look at his face. Look yeah. at his look at the bedhead from yesterday. He's just tired. I would like to point out that there is a clock above the door of the diner. Hmm. Outside. Outside. And well, outside, inside, time's the same. Right. Outside, and the uh, and the time is uh, like one minute after six o'clock. Well, we we nailed it yesterday yeah. with our guests. So there you go. Points for points for the uh, production crew there too. Yep. yep. For making sure that's consistent. Yep. Because that checks out. Yep. That means Bell would have been there earlier than we thought. We said we said like four. Yeah. I've been saying well, four. Yeah. I'll check She's got to drive her home, get a ride back, and then go ah. meet Jimmy. At, and this is all after she showed up. He has to get dressed. Yeah. And they have to eat, order, and eat, and everything. So yeah. Two so or three in the morning. It's pretty yeah. tight. It could be tight. Yeah. 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 Not going to be a lot of traffic, probably. Is it a weekend? Do we know? No, uh, no, we don't know the exact day. The weekend is meaningless to these people. <laughs> no, day, I was talking about it in terms weekend. of traffic. <laughs> talking about no, I know. I mean, it's hard to tell from their work schedule. So like on a Tuesday and they were doing this, they could probably he could probably get Bell back really pretty quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Saturday night. Yeah. No, I think Saturday night, you can, I, think, I think at this hour, it really doesn't matter. Three in the morning, you, you can get around New York. Listen, really if I can happen. drive from midtown Manhattan to northwest Suffolk 
in 35 minutes at three in the morning on any night, then they've got no problem getting around. <laughs> it, it, there's no traffic after. Do you after know two, about two. the Fifth Amendment? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So so Henry slams his door and then we transition. We stay. Are with we under the BQE here? We stay with it. No, we are not. The BQE. What are you talking about? I, I'm trying to. I know where it is, but I couldn't place it in my no, head. I'm, just, I'm asking you. No, this. Uh, so this location uh, where it's we. So so what we see is we see Johnny Rose Beef's pink Cadillac, right? Love that car. Yeah, love that car. Um, it is actually parked cool. parked under the Long Island Railroad tracks on Babbage Street, uh, which is by Lefferts Boulevard, Jamaica Boulevard, in Queens, and. Oh. Whether it's you know or coincidence or not, this is it was right around the corner from Salerno's, which was the restaurant where Karen and Henry went on their first dates. Hmm. So uh, that's that. Go Isn't that romantic? Yeah. So yeah, no, this is this is under under the Long Island Railroad overpass in Queens. Okay. So. Now late. Well, I guess we'll talk about it later. I will return to this question okay, where, sure. where I where I was mixed up. Sure. That's. Um, this is a long. We spend a long time. Watching sort of this car as we push in, we see the kids. Yep. We uh, we see kids, the kids were playing like sword fight in the background. Yeah, yeah. but with like pieces of metal and there bats. You, that city, well, city Queens, life, man. Queens. You grew up in Manhattan. What was it like? I never played rusty metal sword fight. Oh, I'm sorry. You grew I up on the like, Upper West Side, right? Yeah, I feel like I would have totally done that if I. Yeah, was you, there. you, you guys, you guys, you guys, you guys fought with books, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was crystal swords. <laughs> They all, they all spoke in that haughty sort of uh, mid-Atlantic accent. I was trying to think of that that one actor who sounds like that. You all just sounded like that in your bow ties. <laughs> I do like that there's a girl who not only is fighting with the sword, but she has some sort of shield, which is a uh, garbage can lid. Well, yeah. That's the perfect shield. It's perfect. Yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah. I miss it's the days where you could just sword fight under the overpass. Next to the burned out car. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. By the sleeping junkies. I mean... This is this is literally, literally, a heart attack. So this is literally why I moved out of the city. <laughs> so right you thought you were in the 70s New York? <laughs> yeah. It's going to come back. So so this has been this has been this this exact moment has been cited not only by people who listen to the show and written in, but p- folks who I've spoken to about the movie. This moment has resonated with a lot of people for some reason. Well, yeah, I mean this is the this is the beginning of oh no, they no, weren't. it's not. It's not that. It's the fact that the the fact that ch- innocent children stumble upon dead bodies. I feel like that happened a lot. Possibly, but for some reason, the depiction of this in this movie resonated with a lot of people. It did not resonate with me. Whatever. I was going to say, I, mean, I didn't know. I don't think I noticed the kids ever and thought about it until I watched it for this specifically. And how like, about no, now that you oh, have children? I don't know. I mean, that, that would that would track. But I've seen it since I had kids, and before you know, before we did this, I don't. So your heart. Even started me prepping for this episode. Yeah, well, I mean, I got to tell you, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm swept away by the music. <laughs> They're also playing rusty, rusty metal sword fight. I mean, yeah, I didn't stuff. notice that before either. <laughs> I feel like that's, I feel like what they're trying to say is this was the, like, they're, slowly getting at the other side of this is that they would do things like this that would, you know, you'd leave the, the detritus behind and it would affect other people. So it would affect these kids who are just out playing and then they, they have to see these two, you know, bloody bodies you know their actions are spilling out into the real world is, yeah yes. that's what i'm getting at so that's how i i kind of thought about it you know and that's all this stuff is happening is that you know outside of their circle like their actions have effects and yeah. and they, they they ignored that entirely because they didn't care right 
Yeah. I'll tell you what, though, I would have dressed just like this kid. <laughs> Camo pants, got a sweet bomber jacket. <laughs> True. Totally. Um, so, it looks kind of like a kid. This should, is we, should we do the music? You, you clearly, that's all you want to talk about, so go for it. That's all I, I'm out of notes. I know. Well, I got I, one more note. Well, we haven't we even talked about what the kid's find. We yeah, it's we, true. There's a lot of things we, we, have, we have skipped over here. So the kids find uh, Johnny Roast Beef's pink Cadillac and the bodies of Johnny Roast Beef and poor Mrs. Roast Beef yep. shot up in his car. Yep. Uh, blood all over the windshield. They are mo- open-mouthed in the front seats. Who dramatically? No no sh- the windows are intact, so clearly. And look, the sails. Uh, who who dramatically put that that uh, that bill of sale up on the, you know? Well, that, that's that's my whole thing. I mean, like, I understand. That's not a carbon carbon flourish, and that's not a like dying like no slap dead. So you think you think they put the the, the bill of sale back on the window? No, I think it was always there. They just hadn't taken it down yet because the car's so new. Yeah. They that, drove around it like the kids who have the the that the tags on their hats. Possibly, I, I mean the sticker on the window. I don't well, buy that because Jimmy told him to send it back, so he couldn't take it off. It's like keeping the receipt. Right. Yeah, I, I don't. Th- I don't think Johnny had any intention to take the car back, and I, I think that, I think that he would take that off the window. To be honest with you, yes. and I, I think that this is just a little dramatic flourish to like. You saw st- his face when he was being yelled at. You think he was taking that car back? No, he wasn't going to take it back. It was a, it was a wedding present. It's in his mother's name. He loves that car. It's a yeah. coupe. Um. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like he. I, it's I a message, although it's an incriminating message. Right. Yeah, but I understand why it's there from a storytelling standpoint from Scorsese. But I feel like in real life, you take that you take that sticker as soon as you take it off the lot. You know. Yes. Anybody yes. would. You can't see out the side of that thing. All right. It's a big car too. You want to have as much visibility as possible. So, 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 so in real life, uh, Johnny Roast Beef was modeled after Louis Cafora, uh, and his and his wife is Joanna Joanna Cafora, and they both uh, their bodies uh, were never found. So uh, it is you know it's believed that they are dead that that Jimmy whacked them, but they were not found in a car uh, similar to how this was uh, depicted. Um, although someone else was found, and this is what we're going to see over this today's minute yeah. and then also tomorrow's, is the things that we're seeing all happened but didn't happen to the people that or were exactly s- in the way they, they were shown. Exactly. Yeah. So, so while Louis Cafora and Joanna Cafora did die, they did not. They were not put in the seat of their car, but someone else was found dead in the seat of their car, and we'll get to that when that happens. But um, uh, my question is, did, did they have to kill the wife? What did she ever do? She knew about the car. They're killing everybody. She yeah. came to the party. She saw the whole thing. She would have known exactly what happened. She saw the whole thing with the take the car back. I mean, if, yeah. if she decided to flip or she decided right. to talk to the cops, she would have told him exactly where well, to go. She well, had to that, go. Well, that was my, my – well, you, you justified it from a story standpoint. I looked into it and it turns out actually Kafora had a reputation for being very indiscreet and actually insisted on telling his wife about everything that he was doing business-wise, including, ha- including Latanza, So I'm going to tell you something. Yeah. Here's what I learned from this movie. Don't talk to your wife. And make sure nobody thinks you're talking to your wife. At all. At all. At all. <laughs> well, the, they never found their body, so what if they just like left town and they're listening to this podcast, and then now they're like, whoa. If, if you're listening, please call it. Please say, no. Con- think con- people think we're no. dead. <laughs> Contact a goodfellowsminute.com. Like, they that, never, that never like, occurred to them when they watched the movie. Yeah, in, right, 20, right. in 25 years, they never rented Goodfellas. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, would you? It's a little, clo- it's a little close to home. Yeah, I don't think I would. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then, well, Josh, hold on to the music a little bit, because then after seeing the dead people, 
then uh, we get a, a garbage truck picking up the morning morning garbage, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Atlas garbage men. Yep. And and they and, only well, we only see one person. We only see one person, uh, and we only see Joe Buddha. Joe Buddha. So Joe Buddha Monry, and we'll talk more about tomorrow because this picks up in the. Uh, and before you get into the into the music, keep bringing that fact, up. Fun fact: uh, New York City generates five point five million tons of trash annually. No word on how much that is actual body weight. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I almost thought you were going to say per day. No. Oh, yeah, I believe that too. Trash <laughs> kills. So, uh, music. Yeah, here we have uh, the start of the uh, sort of a, a number of sort of rock montages that are happening in here. The music is fully switched over. I don't think we're going to go back to 60s doo-wop kind of stuff again. Well, it's um, not we're going to be good again. Well, that's true. Uh, so what you're hearing here is the uh, is the piano coda from Layla by Derek and the Dominoes, uh, recorded in 1971. Um, Derek and the Dominoes, sort of a, one of those super groups as well. Eric Clapton, Dwayne Allman on guitars, uh, Bobby Whitlock, Jim Gordon, not that one, uh, <laughs> on drums, and Carl Radley on bass. Uh, Bobby Whitlock was the was the keyboard player. This song was written by Eric Clapton and Jim Gordon. Um, the main part, the rock part. Uh, which is not played in this, um, is Eric Clapton. That is a song uh, inspired by a Persian poem about falling for a beautiful woman that he could, he just could not have. And uh, Beatles and Clapton historians will know um, that he was madly in love with Patty Boyd, the wife of his very good friend George Harrison, um, and he and he he was just destroyed that he couldn't have her. <laughs> well, it, it's not even not yet. I mean, you think that's awkward. No, no, I didn't say it wasn't yeah. even more awkward. I'm just saying it right now. Yeah, um, it, exactly. So um, eventually, Patty left George Harrison uh, for Eric Clapton. Awkward. Super yeah. awkward. And then she divorced Eric Clapton. <laughs> and then uh, Clapton and Harrison toured together. So, Josh, if uh, your wife left you for one of us, would that be awkward for you? Eh, you're good guys. <laughs> You just want her to be happy. I, I do. I'd be totally fine with that. Yeah. Um, so originally, uh, this song, like I said, was just the, the Clapton, the guitar part. That that riff is actually by Dwayne Allman. The, um, the slide solo, that's all uh, Dwayne Allman. There's a little background slide by Eric Clapton. Uh, Jim Gordon, who's the drummer Jim and the Go- commissioner. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Jim, Jim Gordon? Yeah. Uh, he's the drummer and the commissioner of police for Gotham City. Okay. <laughs> He's busy now too. Um, (laughs) He's on piano there. It's just a repeated piano riff over and over. It doesn't change. All the improvisation uh, comes from the guitar. Uh, And because this song was really long, it never charted because it wasn't played, and the album didn't do terribly well at first because people didn't know. um, People didn't hear it because they didn't know it was Clapton because his name wasn't anywhere on it except for the back, uh, sort of inside cover. So there's no, there's uh, no, there's no actual Derek in this band. Nope. No, I don't actually know what the name of the song means. Uh, they released it later in 1972 with no piano code, piano coda, and then it did start to chart. Uh, but it is now considered number 27 on uh, Rolling Stone's top 500 rock songs of all time. Hmm. Well, it's a great song. 27's pretty damn high. Yeah. Um, yeah. Almond wasn't originally supposed to be in the band. They brought him in. Uh, they brought him in later just to sort of play around, and they were like, "Hey, you guys play really well together." Uh, and then Almond died, died tragically at age 22. So this all happened before he was 22. Everything he ever did. All right. Well, that doesn't make me feel bad about myself. Yeah. <laughs> he also invented Southern Rock. Oh. <laughs> Damn it. I've done nothing with my life. 
Uh, it's You're not much of a guitar player. It, it, yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not a big Almond fan. I'm not a big Clapton fan. But I gotta admit, <laughs> it's a it's a good song. The reason yeah. why I like it is because it doesn't sound like Clapton. What does uh, Clapton sound like? Well, I mean, it's not what I think of, especially the piano part and the part that we're hearing. The part that we yeah, hear here. What does Clapton all... sound like to you? What uh, era do you think of when I say Clapton? Um, I think of a little, sure? I think of a little bit of a little bit of Cream and a little bit of uh, Tears in Heaven. Okay. All right. That's fair, fair enough. All right. Well. The tears in heaven air is pretty rough. Oh, very rough. But I, I was talking about that. the song about his dead song about his dead kid. Come on. <laughs> well, actually, you know, and this song Layla was also re-released in I think ninety two or ninety three is the acoustic version, yeah. uh, and it, it uh, charted very from, well from the uh, MTV yeah, unplugged. Unplugged. Yeah. yeah. Unplugged, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I always so, thought Clapton was a little overrated. That's all. Whoa. <laughs> Clapton is God. <laughs> oh God! Anyway, <laughs> he's a, he's a, he's he's sort of the er rock blues guitarist for white guys. But his whole thing was based on the fact that he was really into Muddy Waters and he was really into you know blues guitarists, and he was just doing what they did, and he brought it you know to it to a different stage. Uh, I don't actually don't think he's terribly groundbreaking, but I think he's very good at the thing he does. I think yeah, he's very technically good. Yeah, I, I... Uh, it's not just technically like he. He's very good at, it, but he isn't inventing any of that stuff. Is my right. point. He's 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 walk, standing on the shoulders of giants, as it were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but this is this is this is uh, a fantastic song, and I those mean, sort of two bits were not originally meant to go together. The the sort of fast part and the slow part. Um, yeah. but but he heard it sort of playing around. He heard Jim Gordon playing around with this <laughs> melody. This I know it's funny right. every time, right? <laughs> I was every time. About that name. Yeah. Uh, and and he said, "Oh, we should put that on the song." Yeah. So it was sort of an afterthought. All right. That's all I have. Thank Ooh. God, right? <laughs> well, it's, I know that on the Star Wars Minute, when they talk about toys, people get mad. And I think that the music for this, which, by the way, integral to the movie and just as important. Uh, yep. I think that's our Star Wars toys. I, I agree. I agree. We have, got, we have gotten some feedback. People don't like the music, but sorry. What um, are you going to do? Well, going back to the movie, I think Fuck it's... Fuck Marty. I think it's, I think it's interesting here, um, as Henry is giving the voiceover... And he's explaining that, you know, now Jimmy's pulled the trigger and is cutting all links between him and anyone else associated with the robbery. But Henry clarifies, but it had nothing to do with me. Right. And, and which I think so now is before now now the now the Boston point shaving's look even looking better. Yeah. Okay, that was the right choice. Yeah. So at this point now, Henry's the only person who got any money from this, it seems like. Tommy. Well we we have a debate. Tommy definitely got his pay his payout. Well, on real life, no, but yeah. No, but in this movie, in yeah. the world of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Tom, Tommy, real life Tommy would die way before this happened. Right. But uh, in the movie, de- definitely Tommy got There's no way he didn't give Tommy the money. Oh, no. In, well, real life Tommy died right around the same time. Actually, real life Tommy died before. He was the first one to die. Yeah. Right, and uh, No, no. Stax was the first one. It was Stax, then no, Tommy. No. Was Tommy Stax. was whacked before all these people started dying. Right. No, but it was, but after it, it, it was Stax and then Tommy. It was Stax and then Tommy, and that's what caused right. that's what caused Marty Krugman, Maury, to start freaking out because he didn't know what was right. going on, and and he, Maury never never connected because he he thought, and we're gonna talk about Tommy's death later on, but Tommy's death was about something else, and he thought Stax was a bad drug deal, like he never put the pieces together, but um yeah, to, to, but Tommy definitely was dead bef- at this point in real life. Yeah, so, we'll get into we'll get into this more tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, so. 
But yeah, but Henry is Henry seemed to be Scott Clee, clean, so much so that he can voice over Scott other people. Clean. Scott Clean. Scott Clean. Scott Clean of yeah. Queens, New York. <laughs> yeah. All right, the fuck count for this minute is zero. All right. Because we're in voiceover time. All right, so I know it's all it's all going downhill now. Um, are we are we anything else for the minute? We good? I'm good. I'm good. That's all. I got. All right. So that is going to do it for minute 108. You're going to listen tomorrow, of course, to number 109. And until then, you can check us out on Twitter at Goodfellas Men, Instagram and Facebook at Goodfellas Minute. And you can find all of our episodes over at GoodfellasMinute.com. There you will also find a link uh, to Goodfellas.com, to GoodfellasMinute.com slash support, where you will find our uh, Amazon link where you can shop uh, for goods and I was going to say services, but I don't believe they, they they must offer services in certain metropolitan areas. Amazon, yeah, they deliver groceries. There you go. Goods and services at Amazon. I don't know if the affiliate link works for those services. Uh, or you can go to Patreon, uh, Patreon patreon.com slash GFM, uh, where you can con- contribute to the show uh, directly. If you believe that this is a, a value for you, uh, then, then, then kick in. That's how these kind of things happen. And I think we all find them quite enjoyable. Um, you can get, if you have any questions, you can email us at contact at And I think that is going to do it. We will see you tomorrow. Or will I go from a rags to return? My fate is up.